we uh, Rick very kindly asked my input uh, during the week as to what would help lead into the sermon. I, I mentioned that song with no connection at all in my mind that it might have to do with uh, Wales playing rugby yesterday. That was not anywhere on my mind, but somehow the Welsh found a way to incorporate chapel into their rugby matches and uh, can't hold that against, against the song choice. Uh, ho hope too, not, not too many painful memories about yesterday's rugby match. My wife and I watched the last 10 minutes because we're just not that sporting, but we're sporting enough to care about the last 10 <laughs> minutes of things, <coughs> know what happens. Um, <coughs> so, very thankful to you for coming with us through this journey uh, of the Sermon on the Mount as Christ has been pre uh, preaching uh, significant precepts that are earth shattering to the audience that he is before him as he, he uh, <clears throat> tears down a lot of the traditions that they're holding and elevates them instead to what God's attention. Um, but uh, we're, we're closing that, that series this morning, uh, looking at Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 29. And uh, the, there was the story still, uh, someone was in a bookstore once and approached one of the employees and said, uh, could you uh, point me towards the self-help section, please? And the employee replied, well, that would really defeat the purpose now, wouldn't it? Uh, so, but the, if, if you haven't noticed, there's a, quite a trend towards self-help and, and self-development or, or spiritual. A lot of people seeking answers, not that that's anything new, a lot of philosophers throughout time trying to answer life's questions, trying to, to provide purpose and context and a narrative for the life that we experience. Um, <clears throat> but uh, this, so it, it's not unique to our, our time, but uh, over the last hundred years, a lot of I ideas that used to be taken for granted have been uh, unmoored and are now, uh, people are, are, are feeling a little bit more adrift. And so looking for more and more purpose, uh, the, the, look, the search for purpose has increased as, as more and more people have, have uh, <clears throat> lost what used to give them solace. And it seems that there are almost as many uh, claimed professionals willing to sell you their answer or describe it on their Spotify podcast. Uh, but this, uh, so this searching is not new. Christ describes uh, the entry into true life that is resilient and intentional. Uh, you must seek to know and do God's will because it builds an enduring and purposeful life. And that's what we're going to look at in this section of scripture. And Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many, there, uh, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Um, Sorry, I got it. Uh, <clears throat> you must seek to know and do God's will because it's easy to go the wrong way. Have you noticed that in life? It's very easy to go the wrong way. And in fact, we have whole crowds of people 
going the wrong way. So if you're following the crowd, you're in danger of going the wrong way. And that way leads to destruction. Uh, the crowds will never lead you to the truth. Um, I, I, I'm just you know, reflecting on, as you may have, uh, the, the changes in my own lifetime. When I was growing up in the 80s, uh, Ireland was very distinctly Roman Catholic. Uh, very distinctly Roman Catholic in the sense that Christmas and Easter were important, and saying you were Catholic was, were, was important, but not, not a whole lot more than, but it was, it, it was important. And being a Baptist, I was treated with suspicion because I was not Roman Catholic, and you know, that, that uh, I was treated with suspicion. And it was just, I was, I was not with the crowd. Everyone, you know, the people in my school, people on my street, there was just generally, they were Roman Catholic. Um, now, the Roman Catholic Church has lost its grip for the most part, and Irish people don't consider themselves as strongly Roman Catholic, and being something other than Roman Catholic is not treated with suspicion anymore. But we're in a sort of a humanist, Euro-globalist -global, sort of philosophy-headed uh, society where we're trying to <clears throat> redefine and, 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 and discover meaning based on who we are and, and compassion. It's, it's a very different uh, intention. It's, it's, and I, I, I still find myself treated with suspicion when I say I'm a Bible-believing Baptist in that level of, uh, in, in pe among people headed that direction or of humanism and, and the exaltation of, of those intentions. Um, <clears throat> uh, can you think of particularly a, a culture or uh, a group or a country that really would uh, head towards a scripture-based life? And with all due respect to the nation of my wife's birth, not even America matches up to that. When you, when you, when you, when you lock in as much as they claim to be, it's not in pursuit of God the way uh, it claims to be. And it's, it's very easy to see being outsiders how, how distant their actions are from, from what God intends and what God prescribes. All, all, the only point I'm saying, I'm, I'm, try, I'm not trying to de degrade anyone or undermine anyone. I'm just saying the group is not gonna lead you towards truth. If you, uh, <clears throat> group most often leads you in the wrong direction. That's what Christ is saying here. So if you're looking for the way of life, uh, you're gonna have to find the challenging path. You're gonna have to find God's will. And God, Jesus here uh, contrasts this life with destruction. So we have a pretty clear indication that the life that he's talking about is not just a better life, it's eternal life. Um, eternal life is only found in Christ. And as we look throughout the philosophies and directions and instructions of the world, how many of them are, are saying Jesus Christ is the way, the only way? That's, that's what Jesus said about himself. So unless you find him, unless you approach God through him, you're not on your way towards that eternal. You do not have eternal life uh, towards that um, as, as we're in pursuit of that life. So we need to enter at the, at the narrow gate. It, it's, 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 it's not obvious, and, um, but it is the direction of God. 
So don't, don't follow the crowd. It's basically the easy path leads to destruction. The challenging path leads to life. That's just, get that thought in your mind. It's, it's not where everyone else is going that I need to follow. It's not the trending fashion, the trending philosophies, or the trending teens or celebrities or entertainment, the trending political views. They're not the way to life. Uh, it's not an issue if you, if you happen to line up with, with the trends that are going on. It's, uh, it's, it's quite nice when you, you see an item you like and uh, in, the, in the shop and you buy it and you wear it and then it turns out, oh, what, you know, that's the color of the season. That's popular. You made a choice that happened to be trendy. But the idea of, of consulting magazines to find out what the trend is, that's following the trends. What, are you following Christ? I don't, I don't, that's too harsh to switch from fashion to following Christ. Uh, <laughs> Step back. Um, in your decisions in life, when you line up with what, what other people are doing, that's absolutely fine. What I'm saying is, if you're looking to the crowd for your direction and you follow them, that is not following Christ. Even as, even as good as it is that we have a group of believers here, you shouldn't just do what everyone else here is doing just because they happen to be do, doing what we say Christians do, what we say the Bible says. Uh, you should be doing what God says in his word, and you should know what that is to follow God yourself. That's, that's the emphasis I'm trying to make here. It's, it's very easy just to go along with the crowd, even if the crowd seems good, even if the crowd seems like it's headed in the right direction, heading the crowd is a bad idea. And uh, there is a tried and true phrase in parenting that has been used to teenagers the world over, uh, which is, if your, your friends jumped off a cliff, would you jump off it too? Now, it's tried and true in the sense that it, it always invokes uh, a response of agitation and frustration and they're par you know, saying that the parents don't understand them. It, it's never that it, the, parent, the child suddenly realizes, no, I wouldn't jump off a cliff if my friends were jumping. Because the reality is probably at that age they would. Um, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> so, but that idea, are you gonna jump off a cliff just because your friends do it? Are you gonna, are you gonna follow, make life decisions uh, just because the other people are doing it? But more focusedly, are you going to entrust your salvation to anything other than the salvation offered in Jesus Christ? Are you, other than his promises, are you gonna entrust your salvation to your own ability to, to do right? Are you gonna entrust your salvation uh, to membership in a church? Are you gonna entrust your salvation to the direction of the person behind this pulpit even? No, you should entrust your salvation only to Jesus Christ. That is the point. That's where you find life and that is how you avoid uh, the destruction there uh, <clears throat> is a popular misconception. I don't know if you, it, it's in, in popular, uh, it's in the language, you know, if you say someone's a lemming, it, it describes them just following along usually. And the, this idea that lemmings jump off a cliff to commit mass suicide, that is not actually true, but it's, 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 it's how people use the word uh, because this little rodents up in Nordic areas, uh, Frequently, when they, they overpopulate, they try and find new, new territory by all swimming across a, a, a section of water. 
So they jump off a cliff and then they go swimming and some of them die because you know they're rodents and it's a long way to swim. Uh, <clears throat> but are you a lemming in life? Are you just jumping off cliffs, following along with, with the crowd? Uh, do you follow the group just going along? You really should be deliberate in life about find, following Christ and finding life in him. So uh, that's, that's the starting point. Are you following Christ? Is it, I'm going to follow the group or I'm going to follow Christ? Now you have to have that as we move forward. Because as you look um, for spiritual direction, there are going to be false prophets. Uh, <clears throat> watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Uh, <clears throat> now, I don't want you to get... Uh, Jesus here gives the example of, of, of uh, agriculture. The, the trees, as they grow, and the, their fruit reflects their nature. Uh, but particularly here, talking about uh, um, <clears throat> false prophets. So you must seek to know and do God's will because false teachers will seek to mislead you. Uh, a false prophet's good outward appearance hides inward evil. So when Christ says, uh, outside, outwardly they are in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're raveling wolves. So you, there, there's, there's some, you have to do a little bit of work here to get this. So uh, outwardly they look good, but by their fruit you shall know them. So what's their fruit if outwardly they look like sheep? Well, let's, let's walk through that. But outwardly, their, their outward appearance hides inward evil. There are many, many teachers who, who put themselves up as if they're going to tell you about what the Bible says and what to do. Uh, and they end up garnering for themselves. They're gathering for themselves. Uh, so either some money or power, influence. Um, they're getting acclaim and praise. And that is their focus. They're, they're, they're not looking <clears throat> to know God's word and present it to you, uh, whether or not you pay them, whether or not you pay attention to them, whether or not they, they, that, uh, they, they get any position out of it. It's, it's, it's purely, they're, they're leveraging. People are interested in this. I'm going to give them a message. I'm going to give them a message in such a way that it, it's, it gets me what I'm looking for. And many false teachers, they're, they're, they're pulling... It, it might be just be money. That's all they're looking for. But usually it's a package deal. You know, they're looking for influence, power, money, and uh, control. Um, <clears throat> so these uh, false teachers, but they look good on the outside. So, you know, it's, it's not that necessarily they're going to be doing the breaking the obvious commandments of the Word of God. So they're not going to be obviously murdering people or committing adultery, you know, or or uh, <clears throat> stealing, that's not going to be obvious because on the outside they look good. But you'll know them by their fruits because they can't hide their true nature. I'm going to present to you the idea that what Christ is talking about here is their message. Their message will ultimately contradict the word of God. 
That's what will be evident. Well, we'll you know, they, they might say many good messages from the Word of God, but then they come out with a message, and it's very clearly against Scripture. It's not just that, you know, they need to learn more, because a lot, a lot of times um, you, you listen to a preacher, and it's like, they're, they're growing in their journey. They need to learn a little more about Scripture. And, you know, like I mentioned, I'm a Baptist. We're here in a Baptist church. Uh, that means I disagree with Methodists on some basic points, but that doesn't mean I, you know, I think they're false teachers trying to, to lead people the wrong way uh, necessarily. You know, it's just, um, you know, the people are at different stages in their growth. But a false teacher is going to be pretty persistent about something that, again, satisfies their goals of gold, uh, glory, or what they, gold, glory, and uh, Influence, power, control. Uh, I don't have a G for that one. There's, there's. Um, <clears throat> so, the uh, you got to watch out for these these false teachers. Be aware of them. That they would, uh, and you, you're paying attention to their message. And it seems good. And they're they're you know dressed up in, in a suit and tie. And they're on a platform. They're on a television. You know, massive church. All of these things and. Uh, Along the way, they say, you know, if, if, you're, if you're in poverty, you don't have enough faith. And you say, hang on a second. And they, they keep going and say, if, if you haven't sent money to this ministry, that's why God's not blessing you. So if you send money to this ministry right now, God will bless you in the same measure that, you bless, that shows your faith. And that's, that's a false teacher. Okay, that's someone who's who's say, who. First of all, poor people. Christ says the poor people will always be with you, and it's not that they've sinned. It's not that they they've done. They, they're fulfilling a role in 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 God's plan, and you have the opportunity to be help to poor people. But if you are poor, that's not in any way a reflection on your on the the magnificence of your Christianity or failure of it. Okay, that's need to be very clear. The, the prosperity gospel is a false gospel. The idea that you have to, your, uh, your, your bank balance accounts for your Christianity. That is not through, through scripture. You read, you know, as Christ, who instead of the, the riches that were set before him, and chose the cross, endured the, the, the death on the cross, despising the shame, he, he, <clears throat> he set aside glory. Uh, God has made many rich people, uh, as his, his servants, many rich people, but he's also used very poor people as his servants. That's not a reflection at all, one way or the other, on your Christianity. So if someone is trying to convince you that if you send them money, okay, watch out for that. If you send them money, you'll be a better Christian. Be, be on guard. Be on guard. That's not, that's, not, that's, and that's not from Scripture, and it gets them money, but... Does God promise you anything when you do that? No, that's not in Scripture. You need to be wary of those false teachers. Um, there is, uh, there is uh, <clears throat> famous. It, it's a long time ago now, uh, but there. Were, I'm going to use this example because he was very open about the fraud that he was uh, compared to most other false teachers. 
There was a, a, a man in, in America, his name was Marjo, uh, which his parents named him that. He was Pentecostal. His parents named him Marjo as a contraction of Mary and Joseph. Uh, so raised in a religious home. And the kid somehow was a gifted speaker. He had a way of presenting, you know, just performing, really, uh, as he was. Uh, and uh, they would have, bring him around to preach as this kid. And you just grew up as a kid preacher, just really, it was quite a, sh a show, a sight to see, uh, but it wasn't anything genuine. It was just reciting, you know? Was, you know. If you had given him Hamlet instead, he would be reciting Hamlet, but he's reciting scripture. Uh, that was, <clears throat> so he grew up and he had a following and um, he, he felt he was such a sham and you know, he, he, he didn't want to keep it up, but uh, he was getting a lot of money. So he decided to cash in, do one last tour and he brought a film crew around with him and to, to record him doing his, his show. It wasn't really a, you know, a, a religious service, but it looked like a religious service. He'd do his show, and he'd, he'd pass the offering plate and gather a lot of money, and then he'd go back and he'd, he'd smoke drugs in front of the camera and count out his money and say, this is, oh, this is what they're giving me just for saying these things about the Bible. This is what they're giving me. And when the film came out, he quit the ministry and went and become an actor. And I remember seeing him in an episode of Airwolf, with, which is a very old show. And uh, that's, that's how long ago this was. Uh, but he was, he was just honest. He's like, Here, the, the, all these people will give me money just for saying these words. Of course I'm going to do it, you know. But it's, I've had enough. And he, and he moved on. A lot of false teachers don't move on. They haven't got enough. So you need to be wary. You need to know your scripture so that when they preach a false message, you see their fruit, what's coming out and their fruit. And you say, hang on a second, that's a false, that's not, that's not lining up with the truth of scripture. That's not what God expects of me. That's not what God expects of others. And you know, that's a false teacher. Um, I'd encourage you to, um, <clears throat> it, it's, it's so tough. I, I don't want to just name people because I don't like them. You know, and uh, if I make the mistake of naming someone that you like, I, you know, I have reason to do this. So just, just take it on board and, and you see. You know the Bible and you look, listen to what they say and see what you think. Uh, but the two names that came to mind were Joel Osteen and Benny Hinn, very public people that seem to get a lot of money for not producing a lot of biblical teaching. Uh, so that, that, those are, are two, and uh, you probably remember this as well. Uh, I think it was 2012, 2011, all the posters going around about the end of the world is coming. Do you remember that? The, 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 it, was, it was here in Dublin, uh, uh, in, in Ireland, and, and I saw them around Dublin, but uh, 2011 even, 2010, um, there was an American radio evangelist uh, named Harold Camping, who had predicted the end of the world. Now, can anyone, can anyone think of a biblical reason why it's, it's, it's a, a dangerous thing to put a date on the end of the world when Jesus Christ said, no man knows the hour or the day except the Father. And this man, Harold Camping, comes out and says, I know the date and the hour. And guess what? It's at least 12 years ago, and we're all still here. So that man was a false prophet. Okay, so be on the guard, on, on guard. And, you know, they might say good things too, but you're looking for the part that's wrong. You're looking for the, the fruit that shows that they're not um, 
the message that shows that they're not uh, preaching to what is true. You need to know your Bible inside and out, even Leviticus and the minor prophets. I know that's, that's a bit laborious at points, but you need to know it all. You need to know all the Bible so that when someone's preaching something, uh, when someone claims to be speaking for God, you should know when they contradict the Bible. Don't just buy any Christian book. Don't just listen to any Christian podcast or even more dangerous would be someone claimed to be having the vague title of a spiritualist or, or spiritualism. That's, that's even more distant from, from what, uh, <clears throat> from, from what uh, Scripture would say. Hold, hold those who would spiritually lead you to the standard of the Word of God. That is your responsibility for your own life because there are pro- false prophets out there who will lead you astray. So the crowds will lead you astray away from life towards destruction. The false prophets will lead you astray towards destruction for their own benefit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, uh, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Well, that will be a shocking moment at the judgment seat to come finally have lived your life expecting to uh, receive a, uh, a reward in heaven. And what God Christ says to you instead is, away from me, I never knew you. Now, how, how do we avoid that, that problem? Because obviously we're here on, in church on a Sunday morning. Other people have made different decisions, not, not that you have to come to church, but we're, we're at least showing, I have the level of interest to know God's will, to show up on a Sunday morning. That's great. There are people here who apparently can claim that they did miracles, that they did, cast out demons, and they prophesied in the name of Jesus. Those are, you know, it's not just generally I prophesied in, in the name of a God. It's, they're saying Jesus' name. So there are people who can claim right now in life claim to be Christian who won't get into heaven. We need to know what it, mean, what it means to be the one who does the will of the Father uh, so that we can be the ones who enter into life. <clears throat> you must seek to know and to do God's will because good deeds alone are insufficient for eternal life. Complete submission to God brings life. Complete submission. Not just, yes, I'll preach, because obviously they'll, they were preaching. Not just, yes, I'll cast out demons, yes, I'll do miracles. The will of the Father is that you believe on the one he sent. That is the will of the Father, that you believe on Jesus Christ as he has described himself, as he is God the Son. You must depend on him to do the will of the Father. That's the starting point. Everything else flows from that. Once you've done that, you still need to do the will of the Father. Because if, if that's the, 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 uh, the, point of the, the razor blade point about whether or not people get into to heaven, partial association to Jesus does not save from judgment. That, it's not enough to say, I am a Christian. It's not to say enough to be around Christians. It's not enough to even to read your Bible. You have to have done the will of the Father by depending on God the Son. Uh,
Some people who do good things have rejected life by rejecting Christ. Jesus declared exclusivity of access to God, saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Uh, there was uh, among the, the, the people who approached Christ in his ministry, a rich young ruler, said, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Christ said, you keep the commandments. You know, don't steal. Uh, honor your father and your mother. Um, uh, don't, don't kill. And man, young man, the rich young ruler said, I've, I've done all these things from my youth, of course, yes. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And the young man went away very grieved because he had great possessions. Now, not that that's the entry to the kingdom of God, but when Christ was re recounting the, the commandments, he didn't say, don't covet. Because this, this man's problem was he was a covetous man, and he had great possessions, and he had to, he had to hold on to those possessions. And when Christ said, you need to believe on me, that man, instead of that, uh, <clears throat> he held on to his possessions because that was the biggest thing in his life. And there, it's different for all of us. And so you don't have to sell your possessions to get entry into eternal life. That's not the point. The point is, particularly for that man, his, uh, his love of things was so great that he, he couldn't give it up. He couldn't depend on Christ and he couldn't follow him. Um, <clears throat> Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught us one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. You must seek to know and do God's will because that will prepare you for disasters. Hearing and doing God's will produces an enduring life. Hearing but not doing God's will produces a collapsing life. We live in very uncertain times. Lots of things are going around uh, wrong all around us. And as, as much as we might be physically safe in our country right now, and other people are not in theirs, what happens there will eventually cause more strife in ours. Supply chains will be affected, people, uh, uh, populations will move, and, and political reasoning, and uh, all, all, tough times are all around us. You're never safe, you're never secure, you're never pr protected entirely from the harsh times that are coming. You need to be buttressed, fortressed, uh, protected, built up, so that when the hard times come, you can stand through them. And like I said, in, in contrast to those false teachers who would say, if you have faith in Christ, you'll never have a, a, a sad day in your life. You will have sad days. You'll have terrible hard days. But they won't destroy you. That's the promise of the, to the person who is not just hearing what God says, but doing what God says. 
putting it into practice. This is part of my life now. I'm doing this. This is, uh, this is what I learned in my devotions. This is what I learned reading that book. This is what I learned in, in, in the sermon last Sunday. This is now part of what I do because this is what God wants me to do. And you know what? When, when trials come, and they're going to come, and you're going to suffer loss, and they're going to be hard, you're not going to be broken down and destroyed. That's the promise. The endurance that you... Um, uh, <clears throat> Christ promised the, the preparation to endure hard times. And so, and I'll just emphasize as well, uh, the amazement of the crowd because he taught as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. This whole presentation, where all, in contrast to the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who would say, this is what we think, you know, this is really what we think you should do, this is how I'm living my life, this is what, and, you know, and, and they, they are splintering into groups, and, and you know, if you follow this rabbi, this is what you do, if you follow this rabbi, this is what you do. Uh, Jesus just said, this is what God expects of you. And that's the authority. And when we opened with the reading from uh, Psalm 119, when uh, the psalmist speaking to God, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The only way you're going to find the narrow gate is by reading the word of God and doing what God says about finding the narrow gate, finding life. The only way you're going to avoid false prophets is when you're, when you're going to know the word of God and be able to expose that teaching is nothing like what God says. The only way you're going to endure the hard things of life, the only way you're going <clears> to <throat> not just do some of the things associated with being a Christian, but having believed on Christ, live a, a life that is a Christian life, is by knowing and doing the will of God, by knowing the scripture, by knowing what he has set for us in his word and knowing those things. We're wrapping up this, this whole series, which has been a, a nice, uh, ni nice uh, the Lord's blessed us with, with multiple preachers to, to fill in every week, but the opportunity to you know, just have, have something following through, it's been great. So how have you been in putting into practice what we've gone through in these last few weeks? Starting in Matthew chapter five with the Beatitudes, are you raising your expectation of what a blessed person is to someone who's looking into eternity? Are you, um, going in the rest of chapter five there, are you, uh, are you pushing that uh, away and pushing down thoughts of anger and uh, the, the, the lust that rises in the heart? Are you, are you instead looking to what God expects you to, to th the way to think? Are you putting it into practice, uh, going through John's sermon? Uh, the, 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 the Lord's Prayer, are you, are you praying in such a way that you're expecting answers to see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven? Is that, has that, is that becoming part of your practice? Because you've heard it. You've heard it in these last few weeks. Are you now doing it? Is that becoming part of your practice? Because it should be. And that's the way you're going to build a life that is resilient, that is sturdy, that can endure the storms that come through it, that is heading into eternity. And that is the life, personally, I want to build and I want for every one of you. So let's close in prayer. Lord, we come before you and thank you for your word to us. We thank you for your goodness. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would quicken this word to our hearts and carry it with us into this week, that we would put into practice the things that we've heard. We trust you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, Matthew. A couple of years ago, a guy called Martin Smith wrote a song.